Welcome back, everyone. J-Bone here for Smash This Podcast. Coming at you on a Thursday evening. In fact, we can just call this the Thursday throwback. But it's not the usual throwback Thursday, is it? No, it's not. See, usually this time of night, I'm over on that other little podcast called Total Nonstop impact, but no, we're here on Smash This Podcast because uh, there were some uh, conflicting schedules with the you know the crew from TNI, so we decided to put it off till um, till next week. So number sixty one that was supposed to happen tonight is going to go on next Thursday. So join us for that. So in, in light of all that, I was like, well, after I did my AEW dynamite review this morning, I was like, well, shoot, what am I going to do the rest of the day? Normally I'm, uh, I'm busy prepping Thursday for Thursday night. Hmm. And I thought to myself, self, When's the last time you did a throwback? And I was like, wow, it's been almost a month. So I checked, and sure enough, it's been almost a month. The last one I did was um, Hardcore Justice from uh, like 10 years ago. Give or take a little, whatever it was. Uh, And I was like, well, sacrifice is coming up real quick, just around the corner. So why not do a classic sacrifice? So I gave myself a little pat on the back and said, yeah, that's a great idea. So I went to the old Impact Plus, and sure enough, there was a list there. Every TNA slash Impact Wrestling sacrifice there. They're all laid out just beautifully for me. So I found the first one, which was 2005, and uh, decided to do it. And um, (laughs) Zach Bonifer pulling a Trent in the chat saying, where were you in 2005? I don't know. Oh gosh, I I I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I fact uh actually, you know what? I think 2005 I was starting to work uh Walmart. Is yeah, that's about what the time that I started Walmart and I was just uh well, yeah, we're not going to get into that. So, <laughs> hey Trent, what's up? <laughs> Sacrabone. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yes, the sacrificial bone, if you will. So yeah, sacrifice 2005 and this is I know this is back when I really really got into TNA and this was um just coming to the end of their first uh, their first year with Fox Sports. And I loved that first year. I absolutely loved it. Um, and we got Zach with the jokes here. You watch this today. That must have been, must have taken longer than Trent's marriage. Oh, Zach, you're just ruthless on here, aren't you? My God. Just, just ruthless. He, he's, he's, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trent. He's, he's just already out of control. He's just, he's just, he's just bonkers already. Ah, uh, so sacrifice 2005. I was just, let's see, this is August 14th. You know what? I started in August. So yes, this is exactly when I started that brand new job. And I worked there for about, 
five, between five and six years, something like that. That that gets a little, a little blurry. Um. So this this was a very pivotal time in the company because they were just about to get the new TV deal within the next, what they say, October. And they were also promoting Bound for Glory in October. So somewhere over the next two months, new TV deal was going to start. I'm not sure if, you know, I'd have to go back and look. I know there was a short period of time when they didn't have TV. And this might have been it. Um, and that was really upsetting for, you know, um, for TNA fans. I remember that when they uh, when they lost their deal and they were without a TV deal for a while. Um, so uh, <laughs> Trent in the chat says there's a 121 and two-thirds chance that Bonifer is right. Well, there you go. There you go. So, <laughs> you guys, uh, cracks me up. So, yeah, this was, um, and I, I love the fact that Raven was champ here. And I want to go back at some point, like not immediately, but at some point and watch the rest of his run because I was really happy that he was finally champ. I mean, and I'm having a blast watching the, um, the classic pay-per-view episodes, you know, as we're going through them. And, and we say this all the time, right? We're, we're in the early sixties that we're about to do 61. We say this all that we, we say this almost every week. And, um, that, um, Raven should have been champ in 2003 going into 2004. Uh, Trent says it was on their website during that down period. Oh, that's interesting. You know what? I don't even think we had the internet. I think, I don't, I don't think we even had that. Hell, I didn't even have my own cell phone back then. I, I had a few year period towards the end, like the latter years of my, first marriage and then when i got out on my own that i was like really almost in the dark ages i feel like you know dark ages bone if you will yeah so yeah i i barely had the internet um like everything i i watched was like just fresh on tv i wasn't into rumors and all that stuff all the the interwebs, if you will, the dirt sheets. I just didn't do it. So this was a very, for lack of better words, this was a very pure time for me watching wrestling. So, uh, <laughs> yes, this is number two today for me. Uh, we're, we're going crazy today. I, I double booked myself. Why do I do that? Well, because I love doing this. All right. So, um, couple things here, uh, or just one extra thing here. I should say this is, yeah. So this is from August 14th, 2005 TNA sacrifice on the throwback series. And one thing I noticed, and it took me a while to realize this. If you have the chance to watch this, you should, because it's a damn good pay-per-view. Excuse me. If you watch from the, the main hard camera view, where it's always just watch, it's just always, you know, watching dead center of the ring, all the action, and then of course there's the other side, you know, the, the side, the cameras at the side of the ring, you know. But no, the hard camera view, if you look in the back of the floor section, right behind the ring, before you get into that first balcony section there, or the bleacher section, if you will, in the back, 
you'll notice a very familiar head of hair. And no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about my own head of hair because I didn't have any hair then. <laughs> you'll notice a very familiar head of hair and the head of hair that I'm talking about is one very young. He's like, I, 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 was, I looked at Wikipedia just to see what his age was around here. And he's like 18, 19 years old. And this is pre his TNA days. A very young Consequences Creed is in the back of the floor section. Crazy. And he's there with someone and I tried tried to see if I could recognize him. I don't recognize him. But 2005, I looked at Wikipedia, and sometimes Wikipedia is a little wonky, if you will. But I'm going to take it for its word for now. 2005 is when uh, Consequences Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods, started his wrestling, his professional wrestling journey is when he started his training. And uh, he trained for a couple of years. And, and then uh, 2007 is when he joined TNA. So uh, very interesting to see him in the crowd and uh, jumping up and down. And, uh, uh, you know, it just, it's, you know, I, I root for him now as being a, a part of the new day. You know, he's been part of the new day for years, but I was first a fan of his when he was consequences Creed. So uh, if you a little, uh, um, what do they call it? Little Easter egg, if you will. It's, I know that's kind of a gaming thing, but little Easter egg. If you happen to watch this pay-per-view, watch for him in the crowd because he's got the very large afro and you can't, you cannot miss that afro. <laughs> that, that, that big, beautiful head of hair. All right. So we jump into this. We kick it off. Uh, Simon Diamond, David Young, and Elix Skipper. I, I don't remember. I mean, I remember a lot of these team-ups back in the day. I don't remember this one, but this is a very unique, I guess you can call it a stable. Uh, yeah, Simon Diamond, David Young, and Elix Skipper together against um, X Division stars at this time, if you will. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, Shark Boy, and Chris Sabin. Man, was this a blast? And uh, you know, Shark Boy, of course, uh, takes a chunk out of Simon Diamond's rear end at one point. Um, Elix Skipper still at, at the top of his game here. Uh, Simon Diamond looked great, and uh, this is this is early. I mean, Saban had been in the company now for what between two to three years. Um, but I believe this is when Sanjay Dutt first came in. So he's still fairly new here. But, man, the, 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 I, I forgot how good he was. Like, you know, because I haven't seen him in the ring in a few years now because, well, he went up north to be a writer slash producer, whatever you call him up there. And um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Bonifer says, bigger than Trent's disco fro? Yes, bigger. Bigger, absolutely bigger. Uh, just massive. Like I said, you can't miss it. Um, but uh, the team of uh, Sanjay Dutt, Shark Boy, and Chris Sabin do get the win here. Uh, great, great action pack first match. Next, we've got... Um, the announcement from today, and he calls him DW. I was like, DW? Oh, Don West. I'm like, it took me a second. I'm, I've, I've never heard him. I never heard him call him DW before. Maybe he calls him DW in the shows that we're doing over on, on TNI, and I just haven't noticed it. But it was just sounded weird coming out of his mouth. Um, we get the announcement that in October, 
that uh, TNA is going to spike TV. So yeah, like like Trent said in the chat, this is uh, this must must have been around the time that they were just featuring the episodes on their website on the, in the early days of the interwebs, um, and that um, the stipulation for tonight's main event was put together from the championship. Um, yeah, what the hell did they call that? The head offices, whatever they called them. The, oh, the championship committee. That's what they call them. It's like you no know, other company called them, you know, the, the head guys, the championship committee. It's, it's so unique. It's crazy. They said if Jarrett beats Raven later that night in the main event as part of this tag team match, then he will get a title shot at Raven's NWA title. So, and then they, they keep bringing that up throughout the show here and there, just to remind you. That's right, Mark. J-Bone's back again, bitches. <laughs> no, Paul, no... No throwback on on uh, on TNI. So I'm doing one of my own. I'm, I'm holding down the throwback tonight for everyone. So <laughs> RK with the sub. Thank you, brother. Much love. Appreciate it. Yeah, so if you are watching on uh Twitch, just a reminder, you can cheer bits, you can sub, you can gift subs, you can do all that stuff. And of course, if you're watching on the good old YouTube, you smash that like button and smash that sub button and ring that bell for notifications. Um, so yeah, yeah, they, they plugged that into your head all night, this whole uh, thing between Raven and Jarrett. Um, quite the quite the rivalry and it, and it was back when uh you know in the the years that we were doing the uh the throwback series on tni too uh back and forth with that man it's you know people people make jokes currently because you know the big show paul white is in the news about how many times he went between you know being a heel and face and look at how many times Jeff Jarrett went back and forth between a heel and baby face. It's like every other week in the early days of TNA. What, what, what? <laughs> I would I would dare say it does compare to the numbers of uh, as many times that Big Show did it, especially in that first year of TNA. It's crazy. It's astronomical. It's... <laughs> Hey, thanks for the bits, Mark. Much love, dude. Thank you. Um, all right, so the next match here, um, man, this this was such a blast to watch. Alex Shelley, who we miss currently because he is on roster of Impact Wrestling right now, uh, but he's working. You know, he's um, uh, whatever his job currently is um he's decided that his which is smart it's and it's a very mature way of thinking that he doesn't want to risk um going back and forth between his real job and uh his uh, professional wrestling job and risk the health of the ones at his work so uh he's decided to all right, I'm going to step away from Impact Wrestling and, and wait till this pandemic is pretty much over, and then I'll come back to the company. And you, you can't fault the guy for that. You can't fault them. Um, I, you got to appreciate that. You know, uh, we we just hope he stays healthy and that he comes back, uh, you know, sooner rather than later to um, the ring of Impact Wrestling. But here he is, Alex Shelley versus shocker man i loved shocker back in the day and and i i forgot that he was uh you know 
that he was part of this back then. I mean, you remember Jarrett, Raven, some of the tag teams, some of the main faces, Monty Brown, all those guys. But, man, some of the unique, like, X Division and or Lucha Libre style guys. I just forget some of these rare ones, like Shocker. And, you know, I, I think – now, don't quote me on this. I thought I heard somewhere within the last year that he was still wrestling. I could be wrong. He might be retired. I, I'd have to look it up. But if anybody in the chat knows, I would love to know if Shocker is still currently wrestling. I know a lot of people are, are uh, you know, they, they, they put it off to the side for now because of everything that's going on. In some places of the world, there just isn't wrestling right now. So um, well, I, I thought he was in CMLL. I could be wrong. But at this time, in 2005, a young Alex Shelley was 22 years old and three years in the business. Isn't that crazy? Just crazy, eh? Uh, Shocker had many more years of experience on him at the time. He was 33 and was 13 years in the biz right now. So... Um, And I and I forgot. I thought uh, I thought Shocker was significantly uh, more young than that back then. But I mean, he certainly moved like he was Alex Shelley's age back then. Uh, great match between these two. Uh, Alex Shelley gets the win in in what they said was like a rubber match because um, these two had already faced each other, and I believe one of them. I believe one of them was during the Super X Cup tournament. I, I believe, don't quote me on that, but I think they were both in the brackets. Um, but Alex Shelley pins him here, and they were both moving so fast, I had to replay it. But Alex Shelley's um, legs are in the ropes clearly right in front of one of our favorite <laughs> referees to, uh, you know, knock here and there when we're doing these throwbacks. Good old Rudy Charles. It's like, how do you, how do you, how do you miss that? How, I, I just don't get it. Because, I mean, he saw it in other matches throughout here, but he also let a lot of stuff go throughout a good chunk of these matches that were going on, like stuff that would automatically get you DQ'd, like low blows right in front of the ref. And he's just going, oh, what'd you do that for? Oh, come on. You know, you know, looking like Jimmy Stewart on math. Oh, what'd, what'd you do that for? Oh, you know. <laughs> just crazy. But yeah, you clearly like, his like all the way up to his knees in the ropes and 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 pinned him. It's I don't I don't get it why Rudy did this as much as he did, but whatever. It was over 15 years ago, so what am I what am I to you know to complain about? Um, but Alex Shelley beats him here, but it was a damn good match, just and just reminded me how much I loved Shocker back then. Great to see this match. Um but yeah, I, I wrote here, uh, pin in the ropes right in front of Rudy Charles, LOL. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So next we've got uh, the Monster of Biss with, of course, with uh, James Mitchell at this time against another monster that was in a uh, monster size guy. Not really a monster. I mean, he was quite the baby face. But this is when he really started to uh, gain some popularity, I believe, because when he first came in, his name was Dallas, and he was uh, said he was the cousin of Kid Cash. I'm not sure if that was true or not, but that's what they said back then. It's another thing to look up. Um, but Lance Hoyt, Lance Hoyt versus Abyss here, two big guys just. Um, 
uh, just just clobbering the crap out of each other. But the athleticism of Lance at this time. I mean, Abyss did some crazy, crazy things that would just make other people just cringe and be like, no, I'm never doing that to myself or anyone else in the in the ring. I mean, the stuff he put his body through, just devastating at times. But Lance Hoyt, back in 2005, folks, set up a chair on the other side of the ring while Abyss was down, went to the other side of the ring, got up on the top rope and springboarded across and did a coast to coast, you know, a la Shane O'Mac or RVD, if you will. Couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, what is he doing? And and, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, well, he's not going to make it. He did. Sure as shit. Springboarded across coast to coast on Freaking believable, the athleticism of Lance Hoyt back then. Now Lance Archer, for those of you who don't know. Um, but, man, crazy. Um, but Abyss does get the win here and beats him with a, a black hole slam. But, man, this this match was great. With two, two big guys just, just clobbering each other. Um, the next match... Uh, I remember I remember the rivalry more than the match, but I know there was a time and they they did a little review video, you know, the stuff leading up to this. And I'm glad they did that because I remembered how uh, how everyone was either team uh, like team like, like DX, you know, of course they didn't call themselves DX, but I as a fan loved the fact that Kip James, a.k.a. Billy Gunn, was in um, TNA at the time. And I couldn't wait for him, crossing my fingers, of course, that he was going to finally tag with BG James, a.k.a. Road Dog. Um, and they did a little, uh, much, much later, I believe, but at the time BG James was one third of the three live crew. And <laughs> it is, it's funny. Um, it's in the, in, in the episodes that we're watching now over on TNI for those throwback reviews uh three live crews just starting just getting going and they were white hot they were just they were just on fire back then um and so much fun to watch so this but this was a very controversial thing because conan didn't trust kip you know they tried bringing kip into the three live crew and conan didn't like that he didn't trust kip because there was some stuff that happened uh, during a few different matches and so-and-so attacked so-and-so. And of course, BG's in the middle of this hot mess. Like, like he's like, you know, he's playing like the victim. Like, what am I supposed to do? I like this crew, but you know, this guy's my brother and you know, um, so in this match, the special ref is BJ James. Oh, he's also the ref because apparently in a bunch of other matches, the refs got just got the shit kicked out of them. And they basically said, we refuse to be the ref in this match because it's becoming a dangerous work environment, which is hilarious. So, <laughs> so, uh, one of the uh, championship com committee guys at the time, uh, one Larry Zabisco, I believe it was, gives a shirt, the ref shirt, to BG James. Like, oh, guess what? You're the ref. And he's like, oh, no. Well, now what am I supposed to do? So all this drama, you know, all this big drama. It's hilarious. Uh, so you got Kip James and Monty Brown. Now, I'm not sure how these two got pieced together, but all of a sudden they're together. So I'd have to go back and watch a few episodes to learn that. But nonetheless, 
Kip James and Monty Brown versus Conan and Ron Killings. Uh, very dramatic back and forth um, match because BG James is trying his best to um, keep stuff going in the ring proper because it starts out with a brawl. BG just has zero control. So finally they get it to the point where it's an actual tag match, you know, one in the ring, one on the outside, instead of two just all over the place, you know, Texas tornado style. So BG finally gets control of this match. And, uh, you know, but he's trying to keep Conan at bay. And while he's telling Conan, no, you got to stay in your corner, you know, one in, one out. And while he's doing that, our truth over here is getting double teamed constantly. And that's how it is throughout the whole match. And <laughs> oh, it's just uh it's just crazy. And then uh and then some some mishap happens. I forget exactly what it was, but um Kip James ends up uh somehow getting physical with uh, BG James. BG James just starts clobbering the shit out of him. And then uh, Conan um, uh, puts some kind of finisher move on him and then uh, pins him. And um, BG James counts the one, two, three. And there he proves his loyalty to three live crew. So it's like, well, how is that fair? Well, whatever. It's wrestling. Don't overthink it, but it's goofy. And it was just a lot of fun. So, and I know, like I said, years down the road, I know, uh, Kip and BG end up becoming, um, uh, what the hell did they call themselves? VKM. And they were doing all sorts of controversial things against the, the WWF or E at that time. And then they, they ended up leaving TNA cleaning up and going back to the WWE. So we led a very crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Voodoo kin mafia, which I really, <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> Voodoo Ken Mafia. VKM. Oh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, uh, fun match. And like I said, BG James ends up showing his loyalty to his boys then. And his boys, Conan and Ron Killings. The three live crew is one is all three and one once again. Next, we've got a non-title match. Uh, Christopher Daniels, and I thought he was defending it, but no, they said it was a non-title match. But of course, he brings the you know title to the ring, shows it off. Christopher Daniels is the X Division champion um, at this time. And he goes... Uh, he has a match against a debuting Austin Aries from now they said he was booked from what St. Paul, Minnesota or something, but we all know he's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin by way of, I don't know where he lives now, Florida, Arizona. I have no clue where he lives now, but anyways, <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I, from, from my recollection, this is about the time I became a Austin Aries fan and I wasn't watching ring of honor. I had no clue what that was back then. I don't even know. I don't think they were on TV. I think they had pay-per-views, but I don't. And if they were on TV, I think it was like locally, I'm guessing, or, you know, somewhere on the East coast. I, I forget. Um, uh, 
<laughs> Brother Mark says he lives in fantasy fucking land last time I heard. Ah, yes, yes. Some some people do do that, don't they? Uh, <laughs> Swag fan, what is up? He says he liked the three life crew, but he always preferred Ron Killings uh, to be by himself as he was before. I hear you. I hear you. You know, because he was NWA champ and whatnot. Yes, I hear you. So, um, but yeah, just just a crazy good uh, X Division style match here between the debuting Austin Aries and um, and Christopher Daniels. Um, you know, opinions of side of, of of what happened to Aries over the last couple of years. Um, damn, this is fun. Please go watch this match. This is, I mean, he was so good back then and people just barely knew who he was. And I don't know if he, if this was around the time that he was ring of honor champ, I think, or was that before this? I'd have to go back. Cause I know some of these guys floated back and forth between ring of honor and TNA at the time. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to go look that up and see when he did what. But, yeah, great, great match here. Christopher Daniels beats Austin Aries with the Angel Wings, um, which I, I forgot how sick that move is. Um, so good. Um, now, next here. We've got, um, oh, okay. I'm just reading my notes. My apologies. Uh, we've got uh, six pack Sean Waldman versus the returning. Uh, and he was gone for about a year from rotator cuff surgery. Jerry Lynn, two uh, pioneers of the X division facing off. And um, man, this this was I'd I'd call this the best match of the night. This is one of the best matches that I've seen uh, Sean Waltman in, and he was, I mean, he's he was a lot of fun to watch in the very early days of NWA TNA. But there were times when he was, you could tell he was way just gone, just gone. <laughs> like the, I think it was the anniversary show that we reviewed a few months ago. Um, and uh, Six Pac, Sean Waldman came back and he was just, you could tell he was just completely strung out on something. Just He just looked horrible. Here he looked 100% sober. So, and I know throughout the 2000s he went real. He went back and forth a lot as far as being messed up and clean and whatnot. So this this I believe was one of the times when he might have been um well, cleaner than usual. He did, he didn't look like he was completely bombed. So, but then again, who knows? Um, but this, this was a great match between these two. So much fun Two, Like I said, two pioneers of the X division facing off even had other X division stars watching, uh, at the top of the, uh, entrance ramp, like, uh, Chris Saban, shark boy, dot, was standing up there watching this. Um, and there's a whole lot of mutual respect going on between uh, Pac and uh, Jerry Lynn up to a certain point. And then Jerry Lynn wins the match after uh, what, what looked like he wrecked his shoulder again, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know if he's just selling the old injury or what. Uh, but then um, Sean, Sean Waltman just drops him on his shoulder 
and then uh, leaves him. And um, man, they they basically said that uh, Jerry Lynn was being taken to a local hospital, and they were there. There were points of the show later where Tanae was uh, asking Keith in the back or whoever, someone in the truck, to give them updates on him, please. So, yeah. Oh, they were just, you know, there, there's points in the announcing history of uh, TNA where TNA and Don West are just losing their ever-loving minds out of frustration. This is one of them. We're, we're so upset at Pac because he just destroyed uh, Jerry Lynn at the end of this. And then he just, you know, throws him over the railing. And then uh, he walks up to their desk and they're just screaming at him as he's, you know, all, oh, you know. They go, look at me. I'm a big bad guy. I just, you know, beat up the guy who just came back. You know, it's crazy. So. But yeah, great match between these two, and then Pac just really lets them have it. So, and I don't remember what happened to Jerry Lynn after this, but great match nonetheless. Um, then we got an absolute uh, four-on-four uh, classic tag team chaos, if you will, Team Canada consisting of uh, Rude, Eric Young, Petey Williams, and A1. A1's kind of the rare one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but he was he was like the big guy. He was the uh, muscle at the time. He was, he was really, really young here. Uh, versus two rival tag teams, but they had to work together this time. The tag champs, the Naturals, uh, Chase Stevens and Andy Douglas loved the Naturals back in the day, and they had to tag with AMW, Storm and Harris. Um, Mark says A one sucks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, he might have cost them a few matches, but <laughs> be nice, Mark. Be nice. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, but man, um, you know, and that was one of the things that Team Canada talked about going into this match. They're like, look at us, we're a foursome. We are a team. While those two can't even get along, how are they expecting to win this? And that's exactly what happened. Team Canada came out on top. And at the end of the match, you've got the Naturals and AMW looking across the ring at each other like, we're still going to face off for those titles someday. And obviously, the uh, the team-up did not work. But, man, it just – it. Uh, <laughs> Mark says, I'm ordering tonight. All right, settle down. Go get in the treehouse. Go settle down. Uh, <laughs> Um, it just reminded me how much I loved the tag division of TNA back then. You had AMW, you had the Naturals, you had um, Team Canada, you had uh, the Three Live Crew, and then um, I, I know you had a few other tag teams I can't think of off the top of my head. But man... This, this whole roster, top to bottom, was just white hot back then, especially going into that, that first season on Spike. Um, oh, Mark says he is in the treehouse. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, great match. Team Canada comes out on top here. And um, they even did it without the help here of one's coach Scott, um, Coach Scott Demore. He was out. I don't remember why he was out at the time, but he wasn't there with them. But they pulled it together and they won one for the coach. 
Um, next one is the finals of the Super X Cup. This actually, no, you know what? I, I take it. I take it back. What I said about Sean Waltman versus Jerry Lynn, and I. Pardon my senility. Forgot that this was later on in the card. But as I was watching this at the time, Pac versus Lynn was my favorite going through this. Until here. Until here. The finals of the Super X Cup. And they showed the brackets, who beat who. And it makes me want to go back and watch all of these matches now. Because you know the, the, the X Division at this time is just absolutely on fire but the finals of the super x cup here in 2005 is aj styles and samoa joe and these two just absolutely whipped the shit out of each other in grand fashion um that this is when i'd, I'd say this in my opinion this is when both Styles and Samoa Joe were absolutely at their peak in their career. Samoa Joe was borderline unstoppable, and AJ Styles had pretty much perfected everything that he was learning to do a couple years prior. Now, he was still damn good, and he was world champ at the time that we're watching the throwbacks over on TNI. But there is something different about him here. When he's facing off with Samoa Joe, oh, my God. Just ridiculously good. Um, I'd say it's one of the best X Division matches in this brand that I'd ever seen. Look, watching this one tonight. So good. Um, Samoa Joe ends up beating him here with the rear... Uh, naked choke. Styles actually, he's he's reaching desperately for the rope. Doesn't make it. He ends up tapping out here. So Samoa Joe wins the Super X Cup, and he gets this big ass like three foot tall trophy. It's a big ass like three foot four foot tall trophy, like multi level. You know, with the pillars and the everything. Great looking trophy. And so then that means that he gets a shot somewhere down the road at Christopher Daniels, which I'm guessing that was going to end up being the bound for glory match. Then I'd, I'd have to find out, but um, <laughs> my nephew, Paul, <laughs> Paul Nelson, what's up, man? Uh, says, I need Joe back in the rink. Yeah. He's, he's taking his sweet time coming back to in-ring action. He's calling commentary on the, is it the Raw brand right now, I believe? I believe it's the Raw brand. Um, <laughs> Mark says, like Rhino and Aces trophies? No, no. Th those are like a foot tall, if that. No, the, these trophies like stood off the ground. I'm talking about just grand, grand trophies. They're between the three, three, four feet tall. Just huge, huge trophies. Like the kind that you win in like New Japan when they're handing out the, the trophy for tournaments and stuff like that. Those, like, like back when they really handed out trophies, not these little cup things <laughs> ah paul auntie is doing fine she's sleeping so stay quiet um <laughs> so um but yeah just just um, an amazing match this is this is absolutely the pinnacle of the uh, the roster right here is this match right here between Styles and 
Samoa Joe for that time. Crazy good. Last, but certainly not least, we got the main event. And I mentioned the stipulation that was given at the top of the card. If, um, if Jarrett pins, if Jarrett pins Raven, he gets a shot at his NWA title. But if Raven pins Jarrett, then, um, oh, this was the big thing. Then if, if Jarrett gets pinned, then he doesn't get a shot at the uh, NWA title for another calendar year, for another 365 days. That's what it was. I don't think I mentioned that earlier. So, um, so, so yeah, but yeah, Jarrett was going nuts throughout the whole show and trying to get people on his side because he was talking about some possible – let uh, let goes coming up, some possible firings, uh, because going into television, the whole company is going to change and blah, 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 blah. So he's trying to get people behind him. Obviously, this is part of, you know, the, the work trying to uh, get get people on his side so he has a better chance at getting that title back, which we find out later who he reels in as part of an insurance policy, if you will. But for this match, his immediate insurance policy is one Rhino. So we've got Rhino and Jeff Jarrett versus NWA champion Raven and the homicidal, genocidal, sometimes suicidal, Sabu. And, um, man, this, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I mean, as far as like wrestling, the last match was great, but this was, this was fun on another level just because of all the chaos. Um, Rudy Charles was, um, he was rough in this one and just, it was, it was pretty much just, he just let everything go at the time. It was crazy. And, um, And at one point, he gets uh, gored by um, by Rhino and take taken out, and it's it's actually quite uh, it's it's comical. Because how he lands is he's all like bent in half upside down. It's just, it's, it really is crazy comical. And um, so, yeah, the action in here was crazy. At one point towards the end, Abyss comes down and attacks um, Sabu, gets in the ring, picks him up and drops him from in the ring through a table to the outside. And usually when you like fall through a table, you, you fall through it a certain way so that it, it collapses around you and it kind of breaks your fall in a sense. You know what I mean? But Sabu fell on it the long way so it when he fell on it it just completely exploded as he fell through it it's one of the ugliest table drops i've ever seen before ever i was like oh my god that was just ugly as shit i <laughs> you wonder why this guy is just completely uh broken <laughs> my god um but he was still going at this point. Still going. Um, it's ridiculous. And then to counter the uh, the run-in from Abyss, there's, there's no rough here at this point, Jeff Hardy, who was teased earlier in the show, 
um, what did they say about Jeff Hardy? They said Jeff Hardy missed a show. And if he didn't show up for this one, he was uh, his suspension was going to be over and he was just going to be fired. And <laughs> so Jeff Hardy runs in, attacks Abyss, clears him out of the ring, and then ends up hitting his uh, swanton bomb on Jeff Jarrett and then runs out and runs up the ramp. But, oh, my God, the place just... Like all the women, like instantly became pregnant. Like when he was in the ring, they just you know it's like every single woman in the house screamed at the top of their lungs and gave birth at once. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh so so uh, yeah, you know this was still at, uh, at one of the high points of his popularity back then. Uh, and Abyss was as dangerous as ever with uh, James Mitchell at his side. But Rhino and Jeff Jarrett end up winning this match, but Rhino ends up pinning the champ because he gores him through a table and then pins him. He, he, he pins Raven and Jarrett rolls over and looks at Rhino like, what are you doing? It was supposed to be me pinning him. So Tanay and Don West are losing their minds at the end of this pay-per-view. Like, what, what happens now? Nobody knew what the immediate answer was as far as what happened with Jarrett. Did Jarrett get his shot? because Rhino pinned Raven. And that's how the pay-per-view ended. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, really? Now I got to like watch the next episode to find out what the hell happened. So, <laughs> uh, just crazy. Just crazy. Um, but yeah. It just, uh, you know, I, I watched these these early first, like first year-ish, give or take a little, pay-per-views. <clears throat> and um, it just reminds me you know, why I love this brand as much as I did back then. Because I was, I was really into gaming back then. And I watched these episodes on a regular basis on like, was it was Saturdays or whenever they're there. Their time slots were just wonky all over the place. It was crazy. Um, but I would watch these episodes and I would put all the TNA characters in my, in my, in my wrestling games, you know, to create another roster. So I could, you know, play them. Uh, there was no, uh, TNA wrestling game at this time. Kurt Angle wasn't in the, wasn't even in the uh, game yet. So, so yeah, uh, great pay per view. This is the first sacrifice of uh, many in the early days of TNA. And um, yeah, man, just just between the X division and the top of the card where you got Jarrett and. Monty Brown and Raven and Sabu, uh, Abyss, the tag team division, X division guys, just so good. So good. Um, so, yeah, great one. If you get the chance, folks, load up your Impact Plus. And if you don't have Impact Plus, well, damn, it's only $7.99 a month. Go get it. And you can watch classics like this and then join me for the reviews. Or you could join us over on that other little podcast called Total Nonstop Impact. And join us because we're doing all of the throwbacks, which are usually on Thursdays, just not tonight, of all the uh, Asylum Year episodes, all those pay-per-views, the ones that were out for, what, $9.99 or whatever. 
way back in the day, we're in, uh, we're coming up on, what is it? 61. 61 was supposed to be this week. We're doing it next week because of conflicting schedules. So join us for that. And um, I saw someone in the chat ask about what time tomorrow. Tomorrow, I believe Mark and I are going to do uh, predictions for Saturday's sacrifice at 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern. So uh, join us for that. And then uh, I'll probably go live later in the evening to SmackDown and or other news related things going on in the world of professional wrestling. So join us for that. So, um, yeah, and I absolutely can't wait for sacrifice that, uh, that, <laughs> that card came together quite quickly over the course of the last two weeks, but Hey, that's kind of what they do lately or an impact wrestling. Um, but yeah, just a stacked card with all the uh, championships on the line and some very, very big future things on the line. Um, as we, uh, as we well know that uh, Moose, the TNA champion, it's still so weird to say that. Cause I was just talking about the, you know, Raven being TNA champ, uh, Moose, the TNA champ versus the impact world title holder, uh, Rich Swan, and it's unification for for the uh, Impact World Championship, and whoever wins that, whoever wins that on Saturday, will go on to face Kenny Omega at Rebellion in April. Crazy folks, it's just crazy. The world of professional race, the world of professional wrestling has really been turned on its head over the course of the last calendar year and continues to do somersaults and crazy things to us wrestling fans. So, so yeah, tune in uh, tomorrow early afternoon, but depending on where you're watching from, of course, uh, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Mark and I will be doing predi our predictions. And then Saturday, we're going to do a watch along slash, uh, you know, live reaction with a, a review following. And it'll be a simulcast between Smash This Podcast and Total Nonstop Impact. So, um, so stay tuned for that crazy few fun filled days coming up here, folks for, uh, smash fans and TNA fans or TNI fans, excuse me, alike. So <laughs> no, J-Bone hasn't been podcasting too much this week. I know exactly what I'm not doing. So <laughs> tune in tomorrow. And then of course, Saturday for the big shebang as we cover impact wrestling's sacrifice so as we get out of here you know what we do we smash that like button we smash that sub button and we ring that bell for notifications why so that you know when more of my content hits your screen and for your bone on the go for your audio the audio portion of this podcast is brought to you by anchor.fm forward slash smash this podcast and it goes to spotify it goes to google it goes to apple it goes all over the damn place verbal pod Podbean, cast box and who knows where it's going to show up next even i don't know sometimes i get emails saying hey guess what you can claim your podcast over here and I go, oh, quick quick claim it awesome it's over here now too wonderful so yeah just look up smash this podcast and you can listen to it almost anywhere so there you go folks we'll see you guys manana for sacrifice predictions and more stuff who knows what i'm doing tomorrow night we'll find out 
And then, of course, join us Saturday. So we'll see you then. Much love, folks. Good night.